Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast. My name is RJ, which stands for Retired Jorts, you know, the pair of uh, jean shorts that you decide you're done with. And this is Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast, where I talk about King Killer Chronicle and by Patrick Rothfuss, particularly the characters within uh, season two here, which we're on. We're going into the male characters. Season one, I talked about the women. Um, I just, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that I am recording this on the last, um, the last Sunday in May. And by the time this comes out, uh, first week in June, 2022, uh, a number of families in Uvalde, Texas will probably have memorialized and buried, um, 19 children, as well as, uh, two, two young women who were teachers. And this is something we unfortunately have grown used to in the United States where I live. And many of you have grown used to reading um, about my country in the news because of the continued um, mass shootings that happen in this nation, um, particularly by um, men and, and by young men. Um, and there is something that has been broken in this country for many years. Um, something that, uh, politicians, even if they wanted to fix, uh, could not with legislation, um, because I believe there is something much deeper, um, a much deeper rot and a much deeper sickness, um, than can be unfortunately legislated. Um, there is something deeply wrong, um, with, with the young men in this country. And, and I'm sorry to start the podcast this way, but, um, I sit in a newsroom from nine to five Monday through Friday, and it is impossible to not be affected by stories like Parkland, Sandy Hook, Uvalde, Las Vegas, um, Buffalo. So many of these, um, man, I, I gotta fucking say something. I mean, it's an outrage and it's an embarrassment and, and it's a tragedy. And I, I ask everyone who's listening to do what they can where they are. Um, give blood, um, mentor kids, um, do something in some way, whatever, whatever you feel like you can do. Um, but, uh, but we can't rely on the people at the top to make us safe. Um, unfortunately. So that's going to be the end of my public statement. So I'm going to pull back. We're going to get back into the King Killer Chronicle. I'm talking about Bast today. Um, so this episode, a lot of the episodes, I try to keep a more conversational feel, um, and just write down some general notes, but with characters like Bast, I have so much to talk about that I have written out um, a lot of what I'm going to say. So it might sound a little stilted and canned, um, because I am reading off of like seven pages worth of notes. Um, but Hey, I'm still excited to be doing this. I just, uh, don't always write how I talk. So let's start with seven things we know about Bast. If you're new to this podcast, um, let me say that I, I start each episode off with seven things we either know or suspect about the character I'm talking about. Um, just as kind of a good primer to get some of those um, 
foundational details out of the way, and then we'll get into some theory discussion. So, of course, seven, a very, very significant number in the Chronicle. Let's get into seven things about Bast. Number one, he's Faye. Uh, that's a gimme fact. So I will add to number one that he's about 150 years old and has the appearance of a young man to everyone who doesn't, you know, have the sight or whatever. Number two, Bass has been under Quoth's tutelage for about a year and a half. Uh, no, uh, well, maybe closer to two years, closer to two years. Number three, Bass isn't fully human, though it's unclear. And shout out to my good friends at Page of the Wind. Uh, it's unclear if Bass just has like human feet and hooves, or if he has the goat legs. Um, I go back and forth on this. Number four, Bast is working on something in the basement of the Waystone. We'll get, we'll definitely get to that. Number five, Bast is the reason Chronicler came to the Waystone, but Chronicler's not necessarily the one Bast was looking for. The writer Bast was looking for. Bast was, was really cast in his net. Number six, Bast has the, has the, the fey, magic, I guess, of grammary and glamoury, which we see more of in the lightning tree, but we see him do a bit of it um, in Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear. And number seven, Bass believes deeply in the cafe and considers it the most evil thing in the world. Um, I should have gotten a spoiler warning here, but if you haven't read, obviously, Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear, um, there will be some spoilers and some things you, you might not know. Uh, so you might not enjoy it as much. And also, if you haven't read The Lightning Tree, I'm going to talk about that a bit later because I haven't read that one as much. So most of my notes come from just the first two books, and then I'll get into Lightning Tree. Um, and I'll record a little bit later. You guys won't know that. It'll be, you know, just in this podcast. But we'll get into The Lightning Tree. So um, you can probably listen to most of this podcast without having read it. And and I'll let you know when uh, when to back out if you haven't. So... I, a lot of people like Bast. I get it. I like Bast, uh, but I, I just, I don't consider him to be one of my favorite characters. Um, obviously I think, I mean, I think he's great. I named one of my cats after him. If you guys didn't know that I have a Bastus. Um, I don't necessarily have really any strong theory opinions about him. And I think it's because he is a great mystery to me and one that I can't quite unravel. That, uh, you know, he's actually quite scary in his way with Chronicler on the first night during the discussion of the cafe and then with the bandit mercenaries in the end of the second night and a few other times he gets upset. We see the kind of power he can wield and it's it's a strange magic, certainly not any any sympathy that we recognize and seemingly different from Florian's magic. Bast and Quoth both tell us, the reader, that Fae are difficult for mortals to understand and are also incredibly different from humans. Um, Quoth says we forget it at our peril. Bast is, by all appearances, actively learning from Quoth. Quoth is trying to get him to read certain books. Um, we'll get into their relationship in a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm gonna, before we get into the theory, let's just, I just want to lay some things out about Bass. Let's look at things on a shallow level, which we're not told to do with the Fae, but I'm going to do it anyway. Let's look at how things seem, right? So we first meet Bass carrying a bowl of soup to Quoth in Name of the Wind. Not, he's not down in the tap room working at first. He tells Quoth, you haven't been this late in a span of days, which implies this is a routine and implies Bass waits for Quoth and maybe brings him dinner every night, which is, I don't think, something we really see much later. 
Bass calls him Reshi, which gets a wry smile out of Quoth. That's in quotes, wry smile. Then Bass calls Quoth master and gets into what he learned today, though it's more like, you know, what girls he looked at today, and I get it. Bass, you know, talks about masks with Chronicler. Bass puts on the mask of just kind of a normal young man, lazy and keeper's assistant, so that the townsfolk will see him that way. And he does have his fun with farmer's daughters and, and with exchanging information. But I would imagine that mask gets tiring. And I do have some sympathy. I, I have some sympathy for Bass because he's not among his people. Um, I'm assuming he's hiding his hairy goat legs and hooves all the time, which is taking some of his, his energy and he's restraining himself from using magic. Remember from Felorian that Fae shed part of their power um, when they walk on mortal ground. So he's, he's a bit out of his depth. He seems to be learning a bit from Quoth, um, but also is more often Quoth's only employee at the end. Bass, and the, I mean, where I find sympathy for him is he's watching as someone he loves, and I do think that they love each other. Um, he's watching the mask of Coat slowly bleed into Quoth and take him over. And he's watching a friend and mentor further slip into depression. Someone he probably, Bass probably knew Quoth at the height of his power with his eyes bright green, singing songs of power, hair of flaming red, and now he's a shell of himself. Um, and without knowing Bass' ultimate endgame, it's sad. Uh, we see how upset Bass is. We know how Quoth's silences are the only thing Bass truly fears. He's bored and he's desperate, and he's also a very powerful and influential being, so he can do something about it. Uh, he brings Chronicler and he brings the mercenaries, but I, I do I do have some empathy with him. Um, I don't think he would want me to do so, but I do. I kind of feel bad for him. Him and Quoth are going through a hard time. Um, and, you know, with any close relationship, if, if half of the partnership is suffering, um, you know, the other half is probably going to feel it too and eventually be affected by it. So um, let's uh, let's get into some theory discussion now. But I just, I really wanted to find a, a place of connection with Bast um, and acknowledge that he's, he's not with his people and he is watching someone he loves die, um, essentially. And that's really hard. I tried to layer these like theory discussions and just questions I have, because as y'all know, I like to talk over myself and get into tangents. So the first question I have, I kind of already answered, which is how long have Bass and Quoth been together? Um, and uh, uh, logically following that is why did they meet in the first place? Quoth says Bass has been his student for about two years. It's unknown when they met. Bast, Quoth uh, says, is about 150. And when I say these time periods, I'm assuming Quoth means 150 mortal years and two mortal years. We hear from Chronicler and maybe one other person that whatever happened, we'll call it the big event or maybe the king killing. The Whatever happened that sparked a war was about two years ago. Uh, Chronicler says, I don't know where exactly where it is, but I can distinctly hear Nick Podell's voice saying in Chronicler's voice, not even two years. We don't know if Quoth and Bass had crossed paths before Quoth became Bass teacher slash master. Let's assume not and figure they found each other roughly around the same time as the big event in the, the normal Temerant timeline. All this timeline stuff gets weird when you, you factor in the Fae and the way time moves. But where do they meet? 
Quoth acts and occasionally looks much older than he is. Many readers, myself included, think that this is because he goes back into Fae and ages there. We do know Quoth would have to go back to Fae to see Florian. He promised he would. But when this happens, it's implied that it was for good. He says something to the effect of, I knew that when I went back to her, I was never going back. Faye is very large, and I suppose it's possible that he goes to Faye without seeing Felurian, um, and that's where he met Bass. Certainly, I think it's more likely than that he like goes back and kills her, but that could be possible. Um, um, yeah. I was about to launch into uh, possibly a crackpot theory, but I think I have it later. Caught myself, see? So why would Bass, the Prince of Twilight and the Telworth male, desire to be taught by Quoth? Like, what does Quoth have to teach Bass that he can't figure out in Faye? Did he want Quoth as his teacher? Um, I guess it must be naming. Um, there's that comment, who taught you your name lore anyway? Not you, Reshi. Um... But I don't, I, that seems to indicate that they don't talk about naming. Um, Bass does tell Cloth, and I think this is key, early in Name of the Wind, I couldn't leave Reshi. Who else would teach me? So next question, why is Bass still with Cloth? Um, why did he, why did he go with Cloth? Is it, did he, again, did he come looking for him? Was he assigned uh, by the Fae to follow Quoth because of what he did. I mean, it certainly wouldn't have been because of the Cathay. Bass ostensibly didn't know about the Cathay. I mean, did someone send Bass to keep an eye on him? That seems kind of likely. This is, you guys are going to roll your eyes at this one, but please let me, please let me indulge. You know, a, a well-placed comma um, serves you well. So the, Quoth says, Bastus, son of Remen, prince of twilight, and the Telwith male. We're, I I've talked about this before, you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like, it sounds like Bastus is prince of twilight and the Telwith male, right? But it also could be his dad. Like, it, it could be Bastus, comma, son of Remen, comma, left out who is prince of, anyway. Um, and because like if Valorian is lady of twilight and then Bast is prince of twilight, you know, that makes it definitely seem like Bast is both son again, something I'll get into later. But if Valorian is lady of twilight and Bast's dad is the prince of twilight, I think that creates kind of a different level of like power in the court to where, I don't know. I'm going to move on from this one. Let's talk about the tell with male and the male. Um, we don't know if here's an, Oh my God. Here's another one too. I found this one on Reddit. We don't know if tell with male is a place or if it's an honorific. Um, we assume it's a place, but I think it also could be a title like, the thunderbolt god that was a i mean it's not a bad title but you know like the the something the enforcer the big cheese um 
The tell with male sounds a lot like the place the skin dancer comes from, the skin dancer or demon. That demon is called a mahale uret, and Bass says it just comes from, quote unquote, from the male. We don't know how Bass, tell with male, and the skin dancer will relate. Um, also with this one, I'm trying not to get into social media theories too much because I've already got enough, but I did want to cite a post by a, a now uh, deleted user that sums up the male sections pretty well The from Reddit. They put the quotes together. So this is from End of Name of the Wind. Bass shook his head. It seemed like one of the Mahale Urit Rashi, a skin dancer. He frowned as he said it, sounding anything but certain. Both raised an eyebrow. It isn't one of your kind? Bass normally aff affable expressions sharpened into a glare. It was not my kind, he said indignantly. The male doesn't even share a border with us. It's as far away as anywhere can be in the Fey. Quoth nodded a hint of an apology. I just assumed you knew what it was. You didn't hesitate to attack it. All snakes bite, Reshi. I don't need their names to know they're dangerous. I recognize it as being from the male. That was enough. So there's the male, and then Bass tell with male, and then we also get these two mentions uh, from the Florian section. So first, quote, Florian was more than willing to talk about the Fey realm itself, and many of her stories detail the fractious politics of the Fey courts, the Tain male, the Dane Dan, the Gorse court, unquote. And here's a new passage, quote, Florian left similar details out of her stories. Who wouldn't know, for example, that the Gorse Court had meddled in the Baron Totha between the male and the House of Fine? So there it sounds like the male is a people or a something. I mean, it, you know, it could be a couple things because we, we add a third thing here, the Tain male. I think male is probably just a common fey word. Um, so from my limited geographic knowledge of the world there are countries with or areas of continent where several areas use the same word again and again you know a fey with no knowledge of our modern world or an alien um who can read our language but doesn't know what it means might look at the u.s and wonder what west means seeing that we've got on uh, you know southwest midwest west coast pacific northwest mail could be uh, maybe even a direction or a landmark um, I also wonder if the scrail are from the male. They certainly have a common word ending that, that A, A, A E L. Um, the way, uh, Nick Padel pronounces one of the words that the skin dancer says, um, it sounds like scrail it, but it, it's not written that way. Um, anyway, I hope we find out in the third book. Next topic, speaking of the third book, The Basement. What's Bass doing down there? Um, when he's eavesdropping in, on Quoth in day one, he's eavesdropping from the basement. He says he's doing something. He says he's reading down there, which, okay. And then the morning of day two in the prologue, Bass goes down to the basement. He, like, sneaks down there carefully, avoiding a squeaky step after he comes in from outside. Um there are other times that Quoth goes into the basement and that Bass goes into the basement to get stuff. So if Bass is doing like a secret project down there, I'm assuming he's cleaning it up. Um, either that or Quoth knows what he's doing. Um, 
And I, I, I latched onto this. I wanted to explore this because in, um, the prologue Pat put out for day three, someone has definitely been working in the basement during the night. Um, and it says in the basement of the waystone, there was the smell of coal smoke and seared iron. Everywhere was the evidence of hurried work, tools scattered, bottles left in disarray. A spill of acid hissed quietly to itself, having slopped over the edge of a wide stone bowl. Nearby, the bricks of a tiny forge made small, sweet pinging noises as they cooled. Now, because of, um, because we have evidence of Bast sneaking down to the basement, I thought it would be him. But at, so after this paragraph in the prologue, it talks about Quoth getting ready for bed and moving, you know, with some pain. Um, he could have just come up from the basement. We know at the end of day two, um, Quoth tries to open the thrice locked chest. And then I believe goes downstairs to practice his K-tan. So that's what Quoth's doing at the end of day two. At, at Bast at the end of day two, end of Wise Man's Fear, um, goes to see Chronicler and they have that discussion. And then Bast goes out to meet and presumably kill the mercenaries who came to the inn. So I'm assuming Bast is like out for most of that night between day two and day three. So I don't know if he had time to go down in the basement. Um, I think now actually, and this is different from what I said in an earlier podcast, but I think it's more likely to, to be Quoth down there than Bast. Um, and I think what he might be trying to do somehow is test Bast's theory that acid could eat through the locks of his thrice locked chest. Um, Certainly he didn't get it all the way down there because it weighs 400 pounds unless he, you know, who knows? Um, maybe Bast did come back and help him. I think that's kind of unlikely. I feel like Bast would need to take some time to cool off um, after killing the mercenaries. So I think it was Quoth down there actually um, trying to unlock his chest. Speaking of Quoth again, I'm wondering what Reshi means. A lot of people have, have talked about this. Um, and again, I didn't really, you know, look into any of the theories about, I'm sure Reh is like a, a, a rune and artifice thing. And she is like one of the things that Felorian says, you know, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so it just said a, a, a nickname of sorts. I always thought, uh, that it meant teacher or maybe master. Um, Quoth is described as both throughout the Chronicle. It could mean, I mean, it could mean anything. Um, it would be fun if it was a playful nickname. I mean, I call my bro my uh, youngest brother, um, when he th thought someone was doing something, you know, foolish or misguided, he, or, you know, just someone was a fool that he'd call him a Muppet. But then he started using it lovingly. Like he'd just jokingly call you a Muppet or Mupp. And he calls the, me and the dog that all the time and I call him back. So like, again, if someone didn't know that and they heard my brother calling me Mupp, they'd be like, what the hell fuck does that mean? Um, it could be brother, dad, you know, grandpa, uncle, cousin, lover. Um, could be 
it could be the fey word for like bitch you know he could just be calling him a bit you know i don't know it probably isn't any of that but like here again i've said this before too it's 2022 now i mean i read wise man i haven't i haven't been waiting the full 11 years i've probably been waiting like six or seven years but like i've had a lot of time to be cooking this shit up so reshi could literally mean anything i'm at the point I'm at the point in fandom where I'm like, just any, anything could be possible. Um, I just wanted to be here, but I'm trusting the process, trusting the process, rather have a good book than a now book. Um, in that vein, cause I did, I did bring up lover. Um, what is, I mean, what's Bast and Kvothe's relationship? I'd be a fool not to mention the theories that Bast is Kvothe's son with Florian. Um, I think, um, you know, after thinking about it a bit, I think it's more feasible. It raises a lot of questions about how time works, about how old coat really is, um, and about like, when would Bass have been conceived? I assume when he was, um, when, when, you know, both found her in the Eld and went to Faye the first time. I don't think it would be that he goes back, knocks her up, and then like stays until a child is born and then stays until that child's 150. I think if Bass is Quoth's son, he's gonna go back and there's gonna be, you know, pretty much a grown man waiting for him. Um, or because that, I mean, that would maybe bring the conflict, I would think. And I don't, I don't necessarily think Quoth and Florian are gonna meet again in day three. But like, would Bass just like come out of the woods one day looking for his dad? And like, I don't know. Like, did Quoth, I guess like Quoth could wander, yeah, wander back into Faye and like there's his large adult son hanging out with his hot naked mom. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. It's just, it's like, it's too fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's too easy and we've been conditioned, I think, to expect things that aren't easy. Um, now, if Quoth has Fey heritage on either his mother or his father's side, um, I think it's possible they're related in some way. I mentioned earlier, you know, uncle, cousin, nephew, grandma, not grandma. Well, why not? Um, other people think that they're lovers and I just, I don't know about that. Um, I definitely, I definitely see it read that way, but I do not see Coat wanting to willingly enter into a relationship with anyone because I see him like thinking of himself as broken and like unworthy. I think that's how Coat feels about himself. And I just like, don't think depending on how long he's been like that i don't know i just don't feel like he would want to be in a relation you know he would he would want to spare bass pain and and send him away i don't know um i i don't know close says uh bass is under his tutelage so we can safely say there's some kind of like student master master servant relationship you know i think it would be interesting if it if it was kind of all a ruse and Bast is, re is really the one teaching Quoth, um, he, Bast does call him master again, but that could mean a lot of things. It's just, you know, the intensity 
with which Bass speaks to Quoth, heals Quoth, sings to Quoth, talks to Chronicler about Quoth. It's so passionate. Uh, it's it's almost desperate. And I don't know if that is just like how he is or if that's, you know, in there. So here's one I really want to get into. What is Bast's plan? I discussed a bit in my top 10 theories post that I am extraordinarily curious why Bast really wants Quoth to remember who he is. And that line of thinking takes me to any number of, of, of theories, and I'm going to uh, list off a few. Number one, Bast is doing this out of love and affection and just missing his person. And this is just his, his, you could either read this as either his heart or his desire to bend the world to his will. Um, and his kind of fey selfishness. Number two, Bast somehow it would gain more power or regain something if, if both restored to full power. Um, number three, he's playing a more complicated game and he's trying to, He's trying to bring something into occurrence, you know, by reactivating quote. Um, number four, uh, something weird, like the something weird with Twilight um, and with the moon, since Bast is the prince of Twilight and um, Falorian is the, the lady of Twilight. Maybe if Quoth killed Falorian, it broke the sky between Fae and mortal. Um, and that's how the Skrail are coming through. Uh, we know that the sky can change and has changed from the Adem and from Felorian. So, you know, maybe both broke Twilight and, you know, that did it. Man, that's kind of crazy. I'm going to write that one on a phone Reddit. Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> of course, none or several of these could be true. Um, he's very... Bass is very passionate about what he wants and what he wants is for Quote to wake up. Um, and it's scary for lack of a more poetic term when he gets like that. Um, Bass wants Quote or wants Chronicler to guide Quote in a certain way. He's, you know, Bast is not a, not a free press kind of guy. Both Bast and Quote are really, you know, um, really making chroniclers self-censor. And in the news business, we call that prior restraint. And we don't like it. Um, but even though Bast is guiding chronicler, he doesn't like some of what Quoth says. He, you know, he seems to like shift uncomfortably or he, you know, gets to attach the story. Um, and he certainly doesn't like that part about the cafe. Seems like he gets more than he bargained for. Um, and at the end of, of book two, um, Bass definitely is feeling hard done by. He expressly states, I didn't get what I want out of the bandit attack. Uh, uh, we'll see. Um, a note on the Thrycelock chest. The way he... Bass just like he, when Quoth is asking him about it, Bass acts like he's never thought about how to open it before. And like, that's gotta be a front. You know, he, he's obviously thought about it enough to have, to have a name, a, a name for the thing. Right. 
and he helped both carry it up. I bet he's been fucking thinking about how to get in that thing for two years. Um, also, those hatchets that Bass has are very scary. And, um, man, the clank that... The clank, you know, so when Bass is hammering on the thrice-lock chest with the the hatchet, I and I imagine that to look a bit like... Yeah, like a, a a maple leaf or something, like a a Canada leaf, basically most of the time, kind of. Um, which maybe I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. That's a weird looking weapon. Anyway, when he's banging on it, there's like the sound in the far off room, and when the bandit hits Quoth with the glass bottle, there's the I think the sound in the far off room. So Quoth has definitely has his arrow catch. I think in the end somewhere um, or multiple arrow catches guarding um, himself and guarding um, probably his chest from undue intrusion. I want to make note of when Bass says my folk are not famous for our good decisions. Um, He says that, Believe in wise man's fear. I wonder if that's perhaps a nod to his own quest to unlock Kvothe. Quick notes on Cathay before we get into the lightning tree. Is Chronicler actually able to change my or change Bass mind on this, on the fact that Cathay exists and is out there and is doing his evil? It almost seems like Chronicler's kind of able to talk Bass out of this belief he's held since he was a child. And ostensibly a lot of other people hold in the Fae, right, when we're talking about the Sith, um, keeping people from speaking with Cathay and Bass' attitude about it. Um, I don't know if Chronicler's right that maybe the Cathay isn't the most evil thing in the world, but maybe he is getting through to Bass a little bit on that. Also, um, before we get into the lightning tree, first of all, I wanted to say I've changed recording um, places and equipment. Um, Back to my parents basement to finish this one out so um hopefully it doesn't sound too bad i'm getting into the lightning tree in this discussion um i've not really done a read through before um i have a lot of notes on this and there are just some topics and some language i'm going to be using that um aren't good if you have young ones around so let's just say um Content warning coming up for lightning tree discussion. Language, I'm going to swear. I'm going to talk about sex. Um, I'm going to talk about um, light, you know, sexual assault. Because our guy Bass does um, spy on women bathing. So, uh, yeah. But let's get into the lightning tree. In short, this story is one day in Bass' life, as he beguiles bathing women, makes deals with children, and works a bit of his power on the world. I borrowed a digital copy of The Lightning Tree, well, rather, the anthology it's in is called Rogues, borrowed a copy from my local library um, a long time ago, and I don't think I've read it in four or five years, but I borrowed it again from my local library, this time uh, digitally, and um, that was a good time. It's beautifully written, a lot of fun to read. We get some good insight into how Bass thinks and how he reasons about the world, that of what he wants, um, and what he spends his time doing. A lot of it is, um, a lot of his day is spent pursuing hedonistic pleasures, like good honey and good smelling soap, 
and Crazy Martin Still and the best places to watch the Milkmaid Bathe and the, you know, can't forget the Shepherdess. He also trades with slash manipulates the town children to get things. And Wonder of Wonders, he reads a bit of Selim Tinchor. I want to touch on the women in this story really quick. I think there's some indication that Bast charms the first woman, uh, the shepherdess, with his flute, which is uh, icky, and that the second woman does know he's there um, and that they have kind of a back and forth. He also allows a quartet of women to see him bathing, so perhaps it is a consensual transaction. It's certainly a fantasy trope i guess as it were both even mentions it with denna like a lovely maiden bathing in the river and someone's taking a peek be they a little kid or a dude with goat legs or an actual satyr or a farmer's wife um it still does make me uncomfortable reading it with my modern views of consent and the overall place women have um in this novella as basically their items of sexual desire as the victims of abuse or as children so let's the lightning tree itself is near a gray stone love that it's a fallen over gray stone there's grass around it there's a ritual bass has around the tree not only with when and how to and who may approach it to make a deal with him but also he walks around it to activate its power there's some great little pieces of world building throughout this story and we get the impression that this is you know kind of part of bass everyday routine not sure how long it's been since he started doing it um I don't think he has time to be at the lightning tree over the two days Quoth is telling his story to Chronicler. Um, but we're kind of in media res here. Uh, the children know Bass. They know the rules of the tree. And Bass has history with them, particularly Reich, who I kept wanting to call Pike, who's that's the kid from Tarbian that um, breaks Quoth's dad's loot and then Quoth almost kills him. Um, wonder if that's intentional. Speaking of Quoth, he's present, or rather Coat, um, Coat is present, but not really named in this, just as the innkeeper or a reshi. I'm going to go through what I highlighted um, in my book and uh, talk about the story in a linear fashion first. So it is morning in the Waystone Inn, and Bass is trying to sneak in. Bass is sneaking out the door, rather trying to sneak out the door. Coat, the innkeeper, asks him to get carrots and eggs, and we get our first mention of Rike Williams, the kid Bass will help later to get rid of his dad. So Bass heads out to the hill. Two kids are waiting at the graystone for him. Um, like I said, big graystone fell over. The tree is up to this trunk, barely taller than a man. It says all the bark had long since fallen away, and the sun had bleached the wood as white as bone, all except the very top, where even after all these years, the wood was charged, charred, a jagged black. Bass touched the trunk with his fingertips and made a slow circuit of the tree. He went diesel, the same direction as the turning sun, the proper way for making. Then he turned and switched hands, making three slow circles, Wittershins. That turning was against the world. It was the way of breaking. Back and forth he went, as if the tree were a bobbin, and he was winding and unwinding. Uh, that, I, that reminds me of, and this is a deep cut, um, <coughs> excuse me, I know I've talked about my favorite video game, uh, Golden Sun before, and in Golden Sun, The Lost Age, um, as your character is exploring, you can come to a little town called Yalom, or Yalom, 
And on the east side of the town, uh, there are these kids who will show you a game that they play. And that game is a song, which kind of leads out a path and it involves making circles around trees. Um, One of them is diesel. One of the ways they talk about is going diesel around the trunk. I forget what else they say, but it's like a game, almost like a dance they play to, you know, move around the play yard, the area, they go to different symbols, but it's actually, um, the song is actually the way to like get through some whirlpools and rapids, um, to get to a really significant location in the game. So this, um, reminds me of that. Just, what seems like a little measurement, a little circle around the tree being something that means so, so, so much more. Okay. Um, so Bast has Selim Tinshore. He does not read it. He looks at the gold lettering, starts tossing stones. Um, and then the kids start coming. So he trades a lie to the baker's youngest son, Bran, for two sweet buns, some string, and a flat greenish stone. Bran needs a, a good lie for how he broke his dad's knife and cut his hand. Then Bast tells a kid named Kale, this kid's fucking name is Kale Aylard or Alard. Um, Bast tells Kale to piss in his brother's shoes for revenge, which is terrible and hilarious. Um, there's some great conversation in here about how much revenge. Um, Bast gives him a scale from mouth to bull, mouse to bull. And the kid goes, about a cat's worth, maybe a dog's worth. Not like Crazy Martin's, do- though, like the Benton's dog. Okay. Um, I just love that little scale. And in return for that, the kid tells Bast about a wild beehive and about how to get to Crazy Martin's. Still, I believe he tells Bast how to um, get to both. And uh, good old Kale tells Bast that Reich wants to talk. Bass says he knows the rules. Tell him no. Kid says, I already told him, but I'll tell him again if I see him. All, I know that this is, you know, European, but to me, um, there's something very Southern about noir and the way Stone in. So, um, and, you know, so I'm, that's the kind of accent work y'all are going to get out of me get out of me for this so then bast um goes wandering he cuts himself a reed whistle and i don't know if he's looking for the shepherdess um but he does find her and i'm pretty sure he plays a beguiling tune to make her like master to make her she's like i don't know if it makes her masturbate against the tree or if it like makes it better or if it makes her think about it and he like kind of watches it's I don't really, I don't really know about that. Um, Then he goes back to the tree and he does a circle in each direction to make sure his quote unquote small workings were still in place. Then the boy Costrel comes and offers info on where Emberly takes her bath. They argue about where she is on the tier of hottest girls in town, which is very like early Mark Zuckerberg era here. Um, Costrel wants a favor and information. Then it gets interesting as Costrel wants information on the Fae. Bast agrees to tell him, but, you know, they kind of dicker over it. Costrel gets three questions, and he's got a timer on how much time he can take because Bast's got shit to do at noon, and, and it's probably watching uh, some bitch bathing. Um, kid really knows how to argue. Um, Bast is like, did your mom, like, fuck a lawyer or something? Like, what is going on with you? Um, but Bast is 
pretty much playing him this whole time. We do get a mention of Abbe, Le- Abbe Leoden. Um, Kostrel says he stays awake in church and that sometimes Abbe Leoden lets him read his books. Um, also the name Varsa Neverdead, which kind of sounds like a fae, but it also might be um, a mortal hero. Bass tells Kostrel um, about that about the fae lying. Kostrel says, is it true that a fairy can never lie? Some can't, Bass said. Some don't like to. Some are happy to lie, but wouldn't ever go back on a promise or break their word. He shrugged. Others lie quite well and do so at every opportunity. Um, then he, then Bass tells him a secret, says he gives him two secrets. Here's your first secret. Most of the fae don't come to this world. They don't like it. It rubs all rough against them, like wearing a burlap shirt. But when they do come, they like some places better than others. They like wild places, secret places, strange places. There are many types of fae, many courts and houses, and all of them are ruled according to their own desires. And this, and this, this is interesting enough, this quote, right? And again, very good reminder that Faye overall are ruled by their desires and that they are different from one another and, and very different from us. But then Bass continues, but something that appeals to all the Faye are places with connections to the raw, true things that shape the world, places that are touched with fire and stone, places that are close to water and air. When all four come together, dot, dot, dot. And he w- he's waiting for the kid to have some revelation, but he doesn't. Um, <clears throat> a little bit more chat. They get into glamoury and grammary. So many people um, have highlighted this that it shows up um, in the app I use to read the book. Glamoury is the art of making something seem. Grammary is the craft of making something be. Um, they get into that a little bit. Bass briefly thinks that the kid might cause him trouble because he's too clever. Um, and he considers marking the little bastard, but he decides against it. Um, and it says from the book, but honestly, he liked the boy. He wasn't dull or easy. He wasn't mean or low. He pushed back. He was funny and grim and hungry and more alive than any three other people in the town all put together. He was bright as broken glass and sharp enough to cut himself. And Bass too, apparently. Then, God, there's another great paragraph. I'm going to keep reading because this, I think, is really important too. Bast rubbed his face. This never used to happen. He had never been in conflict with his own desire before he came here. He hated it. It was so simply singular before. Want and have. See and take. Run and chase. Thirst and slake. And if he were thwarted in pursuit of his desire, what of it? That was simply the way of things. The desire itself was still his. It was still pure. It wasn't like that now. Now his desires grew complicated. They constantly conflicted with each other. He felt endlessly turned against himself. Nothing was simple anymore. He was pulled so many ways. Um, man, I just, I, that is, that is such an insight to Bass that we really, um, don't get in, in days one and two. And then the kid kind of brings it back to himself. They keep having that little discussion, um, Bass tells him about grammary, which is harder for him um, to explain. Grammary is changing a thing, making it into something different. But we learn that it, it it's more than that. It's making something 
um, more of itself, more than just a seeming. Um, talking about the shadow cloak, Bass says, it seems likely to me. What does a shadow do? It conceals, it protects. Cloth's cloak of shadows does the same, but more. Um, what is the difference between being beautiful and seeming, being beautiful and seeming beautiful? That, you know, that, that's kind of the difference between glamour and graminary, as I understand it, is, uh, seeming and being. Bass tricks the kid into asking his, uh, third question, and then Costrel has to pay up and tell Bass where Emberly bathes and when she bathes, and then as he leaves... <laughs> tells Bass he hopes Bass' dick falls off, which is hilarious, um, and says he owes him a book. Then Bass goes for a wash to, and uh, cleans his sweaty shirt, and he puts on a good show for the women. Uh, we get a, a mention of his goat legs. He bathes for an hour, like has a, a whole show of it with his good honeysuckle soap, um, and then he he heads back, and he puts Selim Tinshore in a tree, um, but Reich took it and left a note that says he needs to talk to Bast. And we get this line, few things angered his master like a mistreated book, which is a lesson hard one for Quoth. Um, and it's all misspelled and it says, I need to talk to you. It's important, Reich. Love that. And then we get into the afternoon. Afternoon is titled Birds and Bees, which um, the morning was called the Narrow Road. Um, so Bass meets new kid, the mayor's daughter, Viette. Um, and I love how he knows he's she's the mayor's daughter because uh, she smells clean and her clothes are also clean. She's got nice clothes. It's like from Monty Python. <laughs> how do you know he's the king? <laughs> Hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> um, Viet's younger, about six or seven, and she recites the rhyme with the rules. We haven't heard the rules yet, I don't think. No one taller than the stone. Come to Black Tree, come alone. She has to touch the tree on the last two lines. Tell no adult what's been said, lest the lightning strike you dead. And at that last line, Bath might have put some kind of heat magic in the tree because she jerks her hand back, and he's like, hey. Um she like shows she shows him this kitten and she's like is this cat magic and he's like yeah at least a little he's kind of surprised um about that and she's like is it a boy or a girl it, I, it can't be a girl it doesn't have ribbons on it and uh bast is like do i tell this kid about the birds and the bees you know there it is birds and bees and he's like no he says something stupid about it about tickling its tummy and if it winks at me he knows it's a girl um and then he he best gives this girl um, just basically an idea. You know, dad won't let her keep the cat. Dad's being a real bastard about it. And Bast is like, look, you basically, he's basically like, you have to stage a hunger and depression strike and just cry and refuse to eat or drink or do anything until you get the cat. And, and it's going to work. Kid's like, okay. And in exchange for that, she tells Bast two secrets. One is where her dad um, hides the strong box key. And one is that she saw her mom kissing the maid, which I'm interested in that. And Bass asks her for two dozen daisies with long stems, a blue ribbon and two armfuls of touch me knots, which have a few other names, including gemling and balsam. 
They're yellow and orange and reds. And when you touch the seed pods, they pop. I don't really know if that's an innuendo. Um, I love, you know, he sends her on his way and he goes, what do you say if somebody asks you who you're picking flowers for? It says she rolled her eyes again. I tell him it's none of their tupping business, she said, because my daddy is the mayor. Love that word tupping. Although, um, as we'll see later, Pat does get one F word in here like he does in uh, Wise Man's Fear when Bass says, I don't give a fiddler's fuck. Oh, God bless. Um, then we see Reich for the first time. Reich doesn't come up the hill. He's broken the rules. He whistles for Bass and Bass meets him at the bottom um, of the hill. What a juxtaposition um, because Reich's got a, a smudged face. He's got a pug nose, no shoes, pants are too short smells sour he's just described as uh older no one's really looking after him well bass says how's the road the tenueway reich says it's a long damn way we live in the ass of nowhere bass doesn't want to deal with reich because reich broke the rules he lied to bass reich says didn't i pay for that reich wants help getting rid of his dad dad beats him and mom and when mom cries dad beats him more he's a miserable drunk this jessam uh, Williams, I think is the last name. And, and Bass doesn't want to do it, but Reich moves Bass with his tears. Reich says, you know, he'd killed dad himself, but he can't figure out how he can't bear his mother's shame. Um, I can't think he says, I can't think what that would do to her if she knew I was the sort of person that was kill his own dad. Then he says, I would though, I'd kill him. You just got to tell me how. And then it says there was a moment of quiet. Okay, Bass said. Bass takes him down to the river, washes him up, you know, calms him down. Um, they have a discussion. And Reich decides that he wants his dad gone. He was, doesn't want his dad dead, necessarily. He says, I'd, I, he says, I'd kill him, but that ain't right. Um, so he does, you know, he, he, he calms down a bit. And it's, and it's really sad. Um, Reich remembers how good it was when his dad left for two span, which is, you know, 22 days, half a month, um, out getting drunk and, and Reich didn't have to worry. Um, man, it, it's just so hard. I, I really feel for this kid and, and Bast does too. And I think this is an example of Bast. Um, what Bast says that he's, he is no longer only moved by his desires, you know, back in the day, probably, he would have told this kid to fuck off, but now, you know, he's, he's softened a bit. Um, and you know, uh, we can debate the morality of this, but you know, I don't know this, this dude sounds like, well, uh, he, he might get what's coming to him. We actually don't know. Um, cause he goes off to join the army and I would say spoiler alert, but you either don't care about spoilers or you've already read it. So let's get the, let's, let's get back into it. Gone forever, gone forever. And soon is what Reich wants. Bass has a moment. He doesn't owe the kid anything. He says the boy had lied to him. It says broken his promise. And while Bass had settled that account so firmly that no child in town would ever dream of crossing him like that again, it was still galling to remember. We don't know what Bass does to Reich. And it, I think it's one of those things where it's, it's better if we just wonder. It says, it says, and it says exactly what I just alluded to. 
that helping him was, quote, quite the opposite of his desire, meaning the opposite of what Bass wants. Um, but he still agreed to do it. Bass tells Reich he's going to owe him big. He says a lot. We're not talking about ribbons and buttons here. Think about how much you want this. Think about how big it is. Three times that is what you owe me. Plus some for soon, because the kid wants it done now. Think hard on that. And and Reich says, you know, you can have anything you want of mine. Don't think anything of my mom's, please. Um, and Bass says, you know, we'll we'll work it out. And then, okay, let let's start. Let's do it. Bass tells Reich he's he's um already said that, gonna owe him big, and tells him to find a river stone with a hole in it. Reich's like, a fairy stone? And Bass's like, no, idiot, you're too old for that kind of talk. You know, now go get me a fucking fairy stone. Because <laughs> it is, clearly. Um, then Bass goes back to the tree and glances at some of the illustrations from Selim Tinshore. Calcification, titration, and sublimation. I believe those are alchemy. Um, and then some of the kids come back from the morning. Brand the baker's son brings two sweet rolls wrapped in a white handkerchief. Viet brings some iron loads of flowers and a fine blue ribbon. Um, Bass wove the daisies into a crown, threading the ribbon through the stems. Then he um, puts everything else in his shirt. Um, the sweet bun, the touch-me-nots, the daisy crown with the ribbon in it and the white handkerchief. And he takes it to go watch Emberly have a bath. He fetches a stick, you know, makes a little carrying thing, you know, just like he's on the front of some novel. Um, so he, he heads there and he does some magic on the forget me nots. He turns them, um, and some posies. He picks some posies, turns them blue. And we'll, we'll learn why a particular shade of blue later. He sends them down to the stream to Emberly while she's bathing. If I'm going slow during this, it's because I'm like quickly scrolling on my phone, um, as I'm reading on my computer. And then in beautiful gold red hair, we get the term naked as the moon. Her creamy skin was amazing with freckle, her hips wide and lovely. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's not bad. That's the thing is like Pat's Pat's description and like the sex scenes with Florian are on the edge of like cheesy. Let's move on. He, she, her cries as she's like splashing around. He, he compares her a bit to, to a bird. Um, wet hair becomes the color of white ripe cherries. I almost said wipe cherries. That might be a new kind. And then the this is when the blue touch me nots, you know, come. And they're like giving her a little show as she's soaping her hair and picking them up and, you know, delightedly laughing. They're coming, you know, coming down her titties and whatever beautiful. Ah, and then Bass falls out of the tree. Um <laughs> and and she laughs at him and, and comes over to him. So she's got her, you know, she picks up her shift and she comes over and she recognizes him. So either, I, I don't know, either, I guess she doesn't mind, which, eh, um, or she expected him or at least had a feeling, um, he might be here. 
So we realized that the flowers are the exact same color as her eyes, which are a pale and vibrant blue. He gives her the daisy crown with the ribbon and the sweet bun. Um, and she, by this time, has dropped her shift. Um, and then he smells the honeysuckle soap. And he's like, did you um, steal my soap? Although, hold on, I just caught... When he falls out of the tree, he says, you're so much lovelier than I'd imagined. Oh, right. Obviously, she doesn't know he's coming because he just figured out where she was. So, yeah. Um, I guess uh, she didn't mind. She did uh, steal. Yep, yeah, she did steal the soap. All right. Then, I mean, I don't... I, I'm not going to go on and on about how Bast is spying on women taking a bath without their consent. I mean, that's just, that is what that is. Um, and you can tell me that, that it not, you know, not to be bothered by it and, and blah, 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 blah. You know, clearly I'm still reading the book. I just, it gives me the, it just gives me, it's icky to me, you know, uh, that is what it is, but I'm not going to go on about it anymore than I already have. So after this, I don't know if they fucked or whatever. Bass goes on a good walk to find Martin still. And he actually wishes here. I mean, you know, write this down, highlight it, timestamp it. He wishes that he had Selim Tincture because of all the little bottles and tubes or four, you know, Martin's out here making hooch. Um, and he has like a little sip of what's in a tall bottle of wine and then he has another sip and then he has another sip apples about it and barley so he's making barley you know homebrew and heart barley wine i guess um smooth and strong and just a little sweet martin might be mad as a badger but he clearly knew his liquor and then bass goes back to the inn i th remember that he um remember that he was supposed to get carrots and eggs and i must have skimmed over the eggs but he doesn't have the the carrots coat you know asked for him and he tells coat about the still they talk about crazy martin coat because <laughs> coat is scolding bass for smelling like homebrewed you know moonshine they call it hill wine but that's definitely moonshine uh before 3 p.m <laughs> he's like it's not even third bell and you smell like fucking you know apple barley whatever um, <laughs> and then, uh, and Bass said he's investigating much like in the beginning of book two, uh, when he's, he's doing his rhyme and he's drinking from the bottles. Bass like, have you been drinking? <laughs> I've been tasting. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, there's a line about winter coming, uh, for all you throne games people. Um, we learned Martin doesn't use money and he's been running up a tab. Um, Bass says about Martin's wine, it's lovely stuff. It's halfway to Riz. Hold on. Halfway to Riz. And that's not something I say lightly. That word there, Riz. R-H-I-S. It's halfway to, I guess that's maybe a, a good, a good liquor. Um, and, uh, so Bass is like, you know, we can sell it. Martin can settle his tab and helps it get some new stock. And Poe's like, oh, he can come over. It's good for him. Bass is like, oh, I'd rather not. So then we learn that um, Martin has thrown rocks at Bast. Um, Bass is like, 
before that we get by all the gorse no is something bass says um and we we know about the gorse court um yeah he throws rocks at me <laughs> and close like he hasn't done that in months he's been he's been great the last couple of times <laughs> Bass says because there aren't any <laughs> there aren't any rocks inside the inn <laughs> and and I mean, it's funny, but we get, we get a measure of like what Martin's like, because close, like, look, man, it's been a year and he apologized to you. Like, you know, he doesn't do that. That's like, okay, that's fair enough. It's a big, you know, but Bass does it. If he's here, when I get home tonight, I'm eating dinner in the kitchen. Um, so there, uh, Bast is heading back to the tree and right catches up with him. Bast is like, oh my God, dude. Okay. Well then you got to go get a needle. You got to borrow a needle from a house where women live. And Rick's like, oh, okay. But, but, but there can't be any like men or boys there. Oh, okay. Okay. I know house. And then, and Bass is like, there's gotta be a lot of women there. Right. like, okay. Like I'll go all across the, you know, I'll go get it. You know? Okay. Sends him on his way. I think Bass is, I mean, Bass is clearly fucking with this kid. Um, so he sees four kids by the lightning tree or by the graystone, but Bast has, you know, bigger fish to fry. And he heads to Reich's house, the Williams farm. He talks to uh, Reich's mom, who's breastfeeding. Bast loves that. Um, the, the dogs on approach, you know, come up running to Bast and baying at him, but Bast settles them down. It must be kind of a, a fey, you know, animal thing. Um, Reich's mother, tall, curling brown hair, breastfeeding. Um, he's like, well, hi, Mrs. Williams. You know, I don't know why I did that voice. And she's like, call me Nettie, you know, bless your, kind of in a bless your heart kind of way. Uh, we learn a few of the townsfolk consider him simple in the head and he doesn't mind. Bass is, you know, kind of ask him around, is your husband here? You know, what's all, what's he doing? When's he going to be back? Um, you know, this is the guy that, that his son wants to kill him. Uh, does he need any help with anything? Um, cause Bass has noticed that there are some carrots here and Bass does owe coat some carrots. Um, and he offers to chop some wood. He chops wood for a good hard half hour and we get a good, uh, mention of his, just that he's different and he moves fluidly and he makes splitting wood look dashing. Very Arthur Morgan-esque of him here. Um, that's a Red Dead Redemption 2 reference. So um, he brings, she brings him the carrots and some water and they have a, a little conversation around the beehive that is definitely, you know, Bass is definitely trying to see, um, you know, if he can breastfeed. Oh man, that was bad. Uh, sorry that you heard that, but you know, he is, you know, he's probably thinking of fucking, um, and they, they're, so they're talking to, they're talking about the beehive. Um, she says, you know, I used to do candles and honey. We lost a few hives a couple years back, then one to knits. Then there was that wet spring. A couple more went down. We already sold one, you know, misses her bees clearly. Um, she looks at Bass and says, do you know about bees? And Bass says a fair bit. They aren't hard to handle. They just need patience and gentleness. They're the same as everything else. Really. They just want to know they're safe. And then she's like, there's just two. He says, come now. A little sweetness is all any of us have. Sometimes it's always worth it. 
even if it takes some work. Um, and then he says, he takes her somewhere and shows her something, the wild beehive we assume that he learned about from one of the kids earlier. And when he comes back to the tree, he's limping and he has dirt in his hair. I, he also skinned his knuckles at some point, and I think maybe when he fell out of the tree. So he, he meets some new kids, Wilk and his five-year-old sister, Pem. And it's kind of funny here because Pem, like, keeps trying to butt in and, like, tells Bass he smells like her grandpa when he's been drinking. And Bass and Wilk are basically ignoring her the entire time, which is just kind of funny. Like, sometimes the little kid just, you know, sometimes kids just need to shut the fuck up. Um <laughs> uh bass give man i'm really on one today you guys bass gives wilk a riddle which is show me something that's never been seen before and will never be seen again in exchange for a favor i'm not figuring that one out maybe i will later um bass needs a bottle full of water that's been caught midair in exchange and he tells pem he will give her a piece of honeycomb for 21 perfect acorns with all their little hats intact then he goes to take another bath and falls asleep until the evening by the lightning tree then we get to evening. Um, by the time he wakes up, Wilk and Pem haven't shown up. So he eats the honeycomb. Oh, wait, hold on. What's the evening called? Evening's called lessons. Um, but he does find um, Reich really quick. Here's a whistle from the tree. Goes down. Sprints down the hill. Um, kind of looks like frolicking, dancing. Oh my gosh, he's not human. We know this. But this is, again, another great, like, hint for people who don't know Bass. Um, I have to take myself out of it and remember that some people who've read this story might have read it in the anthology because George R. R. Martin put it together. And this is their first, um, this is their first experience with Bass. But for me, who's read the books a hundred times, I'm like, yeah, I know he's graceful. I know he's got fucking goat legs. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, so Reich has the, the needle and then they start doing the magic and, and they, they have them, they have a, uh, they have to, to hash this out because Reich, um, you know, Bass tells Reich, we have to use your blood for the charm, but we can give it to your mom. You know, if it's a repelling charm, your blood and the charm will work because, you know, you share your father's blood. And that, I think Bass saying that makes Reich really, really worry, um, and worry that, you know, since he has his father's blood, that he's going to get angry and he's going to hurt her. Um, it, it, it's just, there's a really beautiful passage after Bass has kind of calmed Reich down and and had to reassure him and and explain things to him um it says so much well it's the the so, oh my god i'm just gonna read it all of this is good but but you know the last paragraph is the most important you guys don't necessarily know what the last paragraph is so much was so easy glamour was second nature it was just making folks see what they wanted to see Fooling folk was simple as singing. Tricking folk and telling lies, it was like breathing. But this? Convincing someone of the truth that they were too twisted to see? How could you even begin? Here it is. It was baffling. These creatures, they were fraught and frayed in their desire. A snake would never poison itself, but these folk made an art of it. 
They wrapped themselves in fear and wept at being blind. It was infuriating. It was enough to break a heart. I, I, man, I think that's beautiful. Um, and then they seal the magic. Bass spits out some wax. Um, well, no, after. So the actual magic, they both prick their finger. Um, the, the blood falls through the hole to strike the gray stone underneath. Yeah, I think they both, they both put their blood through it. Um, no sound, no stirring. If anything, it seemed there was a half second of perfect brick heavy silence in the air. And Rex like, is that it? Bass says, yeah. Um, and then there's a little bit more to seal the magic. Um, the wax that I, that I mentioned too fast, Bass spits it out, tells him to rub it into the stone and then says, take it to the highest hill. Um, and wait until the last of the sunset fades. Then it'll, then it'll be ready. Um, and Bass heads back to the Waystone after he sends, um, Reich off and realizes he has no idea where the carrots went. So Bass heads back to the Waystone and, and this is familiar. He's, you know, he's acting like the innkeeper's helper and we have the whole crew Old Cop, Graham, Smith's Prentice, Jake, and Shep. Carter comes along eventually, um, as he does in uh, Name of the Wind. Bass is actually helping for once. And we learn that Reich's dad has already... um, Well, maybe this probably wasn't the magic, but he's fallen off Little Cliff and apparently cut himself up really good. Um, The the story was that, that it was a cougar, but Cobb, you know, Cobb, I think Cobb doesn't really think so you know it's too far for a cougar jake's like it's totally a cougar totally a cougar cobb's like no he was fucking drunk and he fell off you know fell off little cliff unless you think a cougar chased him a mile blah 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 you know they're arguing the smith's apprentice aaron pipes up that he heard um, a rumor someone got into Martin still, and that rumor came from fucking Martin himself, who came into the smithy all angry and asked for copper to mend a kettle. Aaron, you know, Aaron also fucking blasted at this point is just trying to tell a cool story. Uh, you know, I really like, uh, I really like Aaron. Um, but so with the news that someone broke into the still, um, broke into his still, took some bottles and wrecked it up a bit. Everyone's pretty sure it's Reich's dad, Jesum. So, um, Bass isn't the only one clearly who knows about the still. Some good, some really good talk about this crazy Martin character follows. Um, we learn that he punched a tinker, um, but later learn it might have been justified. Uh, he killed, uh, someone's dogs for growling at him in the middle of the market. Um, And Jake says, even the levy man doesn't go up to Martin's place. But Cobb goes, well, yeah, you know, but that's because Martin was in the army for eight years. Um, And so it must be an eight year, must be an eight year term because, because there's something else about eight years in relation to Reich's dad. Um, A tinker. Yeah. Both can't believe that, um, that, uh, Crazy Martin punched a tinker, but then my good guy Carter comes along, um, and says, you know what? 
I just drove drove old Jesm to Baden. Um, you know, he came up and was ready to join. He was ready to join the army. Drove, you know, signed up immediately. Uh, old Cobb that, you know, and this is a sad bit of foreshadowing is like, Carter, you shouldn't be on the fucking road by yourself right now, dude. Like, come on, man. Um, yeah, Cobb says, or Carter says, well, that explains it. Jessup showed up reeking like a Romy and looking like he'd been beat by 12 different demons. Played, paid me to drive him to the Iron Hall and he took the King's coin right there. Then paid me to take him to Baden straight off. Didn't want to stop it off at his house for his clothes or anything. Um, and Shep's like, well, I mean, they'll feed and dress him in the King's army. Remember beans, it's all beans. Soldiers eat, you know, nothing but beans. Um, you know, Cobb, so do, 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 um, Smith's apprentice is worried that Martin will come after Reich and his mom, um, and the other kids Old Cobb's like, Martin, you know, Martin's crazy, but he's not going to go after a woman or her wee ones. But then we get into um, the story of him punching the tinker. Graham says, I heard he punched the tinker because he was making some advances. And Cobb says he he saw it. And no one has heard this story before, which for those of us who know Cobb from the frame story is surprising because Cobb always tells these stories, but he... He didn't tell this one because, because it wasn't nice, but there is this, just this crazy good description. Cobb says when he hit him, it was like a hammer hitting a ham. Like just imagine the sound of that and just like the, the power of that. It's just really gross and wonderful phrasing. Um, and they're all pretty sure Reich's dad, um, wouldn't come back, you know, even if he got kicked out of the army, you know, and, and Bass is like, he's not coming back. And, you know, they all give him a look and he's like, would you come back? You know, knowing crazy Martin sitting here. They're like, nah, you know, good point. Um, eventually they all, um, eventually they all leave. Right. Shep says maybe eight years will be enough for Martin to cool down a bit. Not likely Jake said. So then Bass and, you know, coat sit around making their own dinner um, Code asks what Bass learned. Bass is like, well, I found out where Emberly takes her bath. Um, and Bat and, and, uh, Quo's like, who's that? Is that Emberly, like, Emberly Aylard? And Bass like, Emberly Ashton, she's the third prettiest girl in 20 miles, Reshi. And, and Code's like, eh, you have to point her out to me. They have this, this nice little patter. Um, and where Bass literally almost is like, is like, like boss. She has these huge mommy milkers that I can't wait to suck on. Um, <laughs> she's sweet. Literally says she's sweet as cream and broad a beam. She's a milkmaid, Reshi, a milkmaid. Like this, he is Bass's big anime titties core. Oh my god! And then, and then, <laughs> Coat's like, you can point her out to me sometime when she has her clothes on. Bass is like, it would do you a world of good to get out of bed. And, 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 and the second he says that close is, coat is like dead behind the eyes again. Um, coat's actually like, you need to spend some more time learning. Um, and you know, right here at the end of the story, Bass is like, I did learn. Um, 
And, you know, Nettie Williams found a wild hive of bees today and she managed to catch the queen. And that's where the story ends. And I think that's really sweet. Um, hopefully meaning that, you know, Reich's, Reich's family is going to have a really nice beehive on their farm. And um, he's never going to have to hear from his dad again. Uh, and that is Lightning Tree. Just kind of a an interesting little story. Um a lot of bartering and trading just really, I mean, I don't know if it's Bast just amusing himself or is if, if this is just what Bast does. Um, it's just a fascinating glimpse and we just get a little bit more fill in information about people in town. There's mention of, like I said, Abby Laoden, there's mention of the widow Creel, um, a ton of crazy Martin lore. Who knew? Um, obviously, you know, uh, a nod there to George R.R. R. Martin and the uh, throne parade or it's it's game of... Uh, oh, yeah. Ellen's Game of Games, right? Yeah. Ellen's Game of... Uh, song of uh, Ellen's Game of Games. Yeah. My other favorite. Yeah. I'll, 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 my next series will be about that. I really... I'm sure that there's more folks, but I just, you know, we've really covered a lot of ground here. I'm really happy for us. Um, I hope that I answered all your questions. I know a few of you had written in to me on Twitter. I know um, Manopano had wanted to talk about uh, his motives, also his, his dalliances, um, also his boots. We definitely covered dalliances. I don't know, you know, his he, he, he do have a nice pair of boots. Um, and you know, and those are straight, those, the thing about bass boots is those were a, those were a hot drop. Okay. Those were the, those were the Fay um, pro pro Fay 95s. Um, and, and, and that was, there were a lot of people were trading a lot of, you know, whatever's, uh, 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 for those did get into the motives. Uh, Paula, you wanted to hear about his, his bond to coat. I know we, we talked about the relationship, the word bond in particular is a great one because like, I'm pretty sure Bass is not leaving. Like they are connected, uh, somehow. And then, uh, our dear friend Curtis, uh, said he couldn't wait to hear our thoughts are my thoughts, not us. Although, you know, maybe the dog's thoughts came over. She's sitting here next to me. So, well, I'm going to let y'all go. I think this podcast is almost at an hour at this point, which is, um, a lot when it's just me. I really hope you enjoyed it. I had fun doing the lightning tree read through. I hope you guys did too. Um, I probably won't edit too heavy. So, uh, enjoy the pauses. It's like you're, you're on the phone with someone. It's like you're on a zoom call with someone and, and you can't figure out how to get off mute while they're just rambling about something. That's what this podcast is. And that's what it's been all along. That's what it'll continue to be. Hope you love it until the next time. May all your roads be glad ones. No, may all your <laughs> may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Bye.